Let's hold our Bibles up and let's make this confession together. I thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change my life. Today, I give heed to it. I allow it to go into my ears, then into my mind, and then into my spirit. I'm a hearer of the word and a doer of the word, and I'll never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today is Grace Initiative Commitment Sunday, and I am excited about Grace Commitment Sunday. Um, these projects that we're working on are so important, and not only are the projects are important, but you want to be a part of a church that has projects to sow into. You want to be a part of a church that's doing something. And I, you know, I shared a couple messages ago. I have people say, how come our church doesn't do that? Well, it's because I have a generous church and people that sow and people that love to give and people that have vision. It's not just so about sowing, but it's also about having vision and being able to see, thank you, being able to see God use us in a big way. Um, if you don't have one of these, you'll get one of these at the end of the service as you leave. I don't like giving these things out during the service. Does anybody know why? Because you read them and you don't listen to me. Um, but uh, this is our Grace Initiative magazine that explains the Grace Initiative projects. The First Peter 4.10 states that we're to faithfully use whatever grace God has given to us to serve others. The Greek word for grace is the Greek word charis, which means God's favor, his kindness, and his compassion. So, so many people in our community know about the mean God, the mad God, the God that's mad at them, the God that wants to crush them if they do something wrong or make a mistake, but that's not the God of the Bible. The Bible actually says that it's the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. And we want to see people come to Christ. We're not flying the flag of here are all the, all the things that we stand for and so uh, all you sinners are going to go to hell too bad for you. That's not, that's not how, who we are as a church but rather we want people to know about the goodness of God and the power of God and that God can be a blessing in your life. So the Grace Initiative that I've talked about, this is the third week, talks about missions, children's ministry, movie production, sharing our abundant resources and uh, uh, sound and lighting upgrades and service technology. It's all in the magazine. Today is Grace Commitment Sunday, and next week is our Grace First Offering Sunday. How many of you know that's going to be huge? Amen. How many of you know that's going to be huge? That's going to be uh, that's going to be uh, a real blessing. And so. Uh, if you're a newcomer here, maybe this is your first Sunday or second Sunday, and you go, oh, great, they're talking about money, and they're raising money for a project, you just relax. We're not after your money. Uh, we want you to experience the anointing and the power and the presence of God in our church service today. So just, just relax and enjoy the service. We're going to worship in a few more minutes, but right now, uh, I want to talk with you about prospering and getting God involved in your finances. That's really what I'm doing the, these uh, four weeks, two weeks ago, last Sunday, this Sunday, and then next Sunday. I'm going to be talking about, as your pastor, talking with you about getting God involved in your finances. This is a stack of cards here, and I didn't count them, but I'm sure there's well over 100 cards here of people who turned in prayer requests during our fast that we did in January 
asking for prayer about our finances and there are requests in here saying I need a breakthrough I need for God to do something powerful in my life I need uh, I need help I need all different kinds these represent all the financial um, requests uh, prayer requests and so uh, we taught on healing before because we had a lot of those we've got a lot of them on marriage in the family and Connie and I are going to be doing a great series on marriage in the family between Mother's Day and Father's Day can't wait for that you're going to enjoy that but I want to teach on finances because that's a big concern of yours um, this, it's on the minds of the congregation and when it comes to finances one of the reasons we put prayer requests on here is because uh, sometimes, I know this doesn't apply to everybody, but sometimes we have a prayer request card because we're hoping somebody will lay hands on our prayer request card and pray for it, and miraculously something will happen. We'll go to our mailbox and there'll be an envelope in there from God that has $5,000 in it. But did you know that when we pray over things, God begins to orchestrate a series of events to bring his will to pass. And this is one of those inv- events in your life, this series of teaching right here. So listen up and pay attention. Amen. It's amazing how resistant people can be to talking about finances at church when it's such a big issue in their lives. So today I want to address you, and I say this, it's not a disclaimer, but I say this every service, I want to address you as your pastor. I'm not a financial planner, not a stockbroker, not an investment advisor. I want to do my part in your life by being your pastor and addressing the issues of harvest in your life and getting God involved in your finances. The Bible does address budgeting in Proverbs 6 does address saving in proverbs 24 it talks about investing excessive debt prioritizing all these are addressed in the bible and we in our bookstore which by the way we moved inside because the hallway is getting ready to to uh that whole hallway is getting ready to be completely renovated um but we have gary kazee's book called uh fixing the money thing and if you need help with these issues i just talked about you need to get a hold of that book because uh, it addresses all those issues but as your pastor I want to address the spiritual side getting God involved in your finances when it comes to seeing our future God's way most people don't understand one vital issue when it comes to God being involved in our finances in a big way and that is one word I want you to repeat this word after me commitment we say commitment Say, he's going to talk about commitment. And I'm going to love it. All right, commitment. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 that I had you turn to. This is our scripture for uh, the message today. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. This says that the disciples were committed to the apostles doctrine they were committed to teaching they were committed to fellowship they were committed to communion and they were committed to prayer the bible actually has a lot to say about commitment god is committed to us you know jesus didn't go to the cross and start to go to the cross and they put nails in his wrist and him say you know what that really hurts i i I think i'm going to abandon this i don't think i want to do this I mean, he was on the cross. He said, the Bible says, because sin 
came upon our sin came upon Jesus on the cross the Bible says that God his father turned his back on Jesus because he could not look at Jesus because Jesus was carrying our sin on the cross the, the cloud turned the sky turned dark and Jesus said for the first time probably ever in etern- eternity before and eternity past at that one moment in history Jesus said my God why have you forsaken me because he could tell the presence of God had left him because he was he was covered with our sin and at that point when his father turned his back on him jesus could have said you know what i'm done with this this is these these people are not worth that but he was committed say it again he was committed second chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 the new living bible says the eyes of the lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him i like this the message bible says god is always on the alert constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him total commitment being committed to something in numbers chapter 14 verse 21 uh, numbers chapter 14 talks about when the israelites got to the promised land they got to the jordan river they sent 12 spies across the uh the river to uh spy out the land of canaan that they were going to go in and take and 10 of the spies came back with an evil report two of the spies joshua and caleb came back with a good report and said hey we can take the land god has promised this to us let's go in in numbers 32 i want you to listen to this very carefully of all those that i rescued from egypt god said no one this is fascinating three million people left egypt for israel and they were in the wilderness for 40 years And God said in Numbers 32, of all those I rescued from Egypt, no one who is 20 years old or older will ever see the land that I swore to give to you. Everybody 20 years old and older is going to pass away in the wilderness. The only exception are Caleb and Joshua. Because they have wholeheartedly followed me. Did you know that not being committed will keep you out of your future? We live in a society where commitment is a bad word. Nobody wants to commit. Nobody wants to be connected for a long period of time. James chapter 1 verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In other words, if you don't commit to anything, you'll always be unstable. You guys love this message, don't you? I can hear all the amens and the... In Luke chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus said, no one can be committed to two masters. Make a decision. Commit to something that's bigger than you. I've got a book on the secrets of the successes of Navy SEALs. And the title of one of the chapters is, Make a Decision. When you're out there in the field and things are, bullets are flying and the enemy's after you and the mortars are flying and all this stuff and you've and you've got to move forward you got to make a decision and be committed to it that's a secret of success much of the instability that we see in our culture today is because we're losing our ability to commit i mean look at just one example look how phone plans are evolving now now they're advertising that you can have a phone plan and not commit you don't have to make a commitment you can stop it at any time i don't know about you but i like that 
Because, I, I mean, a, another phone company might come along later that's got a better deal, better phone, better, better rates, better service. And so I don't have to commit. I can, I can have a phone service here right now, but I don't have to commit to them in case something comes along later that's better. This is one of the reasons why people don't like to commit to a church. Some of them might come along that's better. I mean, I don't want to, what if I commit to this church and then, and then T.D. Jakes opens a church across the street? I don't, I don't want to sign on the dotted line. I mean, what if, what if something comes along better? What if a, what if a church gets, a, gets another path? What if I want to go somewhere else? What if, what if they do the music one Sunday I don't like? Hey, I could just scoot out the door and nobody knows. And we don't, we don't like to commit. This, uh, we, did you know, at Living Word, we used to have church membership. Those of you who have been here for a long time will remember that. We used to have church membership. If you wanted to be a member of the church, you filled out a little thing, and then we sent you a, a little thing, and you filled it out, and then, we, then we, brought, we prayed over you, and we let everybody know that you were now a member and all that stuff. And let me tell you what happened with that. First of all, the people that committed to be members, we couldn't get most of them to come to church. Couldn't get them a tithe, couldn't get them to serve, but they were members. And then we had people here who were tithing, serving. They were here every time the doors were open, but we couldn't get them to fill out the form. So one, one day we just said, we're not going to fight this anymore. It was a fight. It was a fight to try to come on. Get the lady to fill out the form. And how come this guy that filled out the form, where is he? We just decided, you know, we, we're just not going to fight this anymore. We're going to, if you come to church and you give and you serve, then you're a member. And if you don't, you ain't. It's just real simple. Because of commitment. It's so hard to get people to commit to anything. Never complain about a church that you're unwilling to commit to. Many people can't prosper financially because they won't commit, just for example, to an investment plan. Gary Kazee, Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, all are fans of what's called dollar cost averaging. You decide the 401k, the Roth IRA, uh, IRA the 403b that you're going to invest in, and you put money automatically in it regularly over a long period of time. You don't every, every month, every three months or whatever, you're not moving it here and moving it there, and let's take it out, and, and let's do this, and let's, dollar cost averaging is put it in there, put money in on a regular basis, and leave it alone. Commit to it. Commit to it. Commit to an investment project. But, but it's hard to get people to do that. Even our relationship with Jesus Christ is a commitment. It's a commitment. It's not an event. It's an event that leads to a commitment. We're not dating Jesus. We're married to him. We're his bride. We're married. We've made a commitment to him. I mean, the prayer that we pray. I've had people ask me about the prayer that we pray because I ask people to, uh, and you're going to get an opportunity today in this service, I ask people to, to raise their hands if they want to pray with, pray with me and to make a decision to follow Christ. And so they pray that prayer. And, that, and in that prayer, a part of that prayer, I say, Holy Spirit, come and, the, and live on the inside of me now and empower me to be the Christian that the Bible promises me I can be. As I come to church and get involved in church life, my life will never be the same. And I've had people ask me, well, now wait a minute. 
You said when they prayed the prayer that their life was changed and now they're Christians and now you're saying if they, if they get involved in church life that they'll never be the same. So which is it? It's not an event. It's an event that leads to a commitment that's going to change your life. Does that make sense? Commitment. It's all through the Bible. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 says be devoted, be committed to one another. 1 Timothy 3, 2 says leaders must be committed to their wives. 1 Timothy 3, 9 says leaders must be committed to the gospel. James chapter 1, verse 25 says whoever is committed to the word will be blessed in whatever he does. And so when we commit to the word, when we commit to it, not, well, I'm going to try this scripture and see what's ha- what happens. When we commit to it, this is the word of God and it has to work. So what if it doesn't work? Well, it has to work. But what if it doesn't? Well, it has to. But what if it doesn't? But it has to. Does anybody see where I'm going with this? But what if it doesn't? But it has to. So what if you speak that scripture and, and stand on God's word and what you're believing for doesn't come to pass? Well, it has to. But what if, you, what if you're not healed? But I have to be. What if God doesn't meet all of your needs? But, he, but, he ha- but listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to make God the bad guy. I'm not try- shaking my fist in the face of God and saying, you have to do what I say. God has committed, there's an interesting word. God has committed himself to his word. And so what he says, how many of you are committed to your word? When you say something, you're going to do it. The Bible talks about swearing to your own hurt. That means when you make a commitment, you do it. I know there are plenty of times, and uh, those of you that, that are in, in business, and the, actually all of us, there are times when we made a commitment, yes, I'll do this, and I'll do it for that price, and then we get into it and we go, uh-oh. I didn't know it was going to cost me this. I didn't know I was going to have to do that. I didn't know it was going to take that much time. But we made a, we made a commitment. God has made a commitment here. The Holy Spirit made a commitment. God made a commitment that every time we gather in his name, the Holy Spirit is here in our midst. Holy Spirit didn't wake up this morning and go, this daylight savings time stuff is nuts. I was up late last night. I I think I'm going to sit this one out. He's here. He lives here. And when we're gathered here in his name, he's here. Why? Because he's committed. God's committed to us. Today, we're making financial commitments to the Grace Initiative. And uh, now, Pastor Steve, I, I didn't think you were going to, I didn't think this was all about raising money. I thought you were going to talk to us as our pastor about how to get God in our, involved in our finances. I am. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, how many of you have ever heard this scripture? But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Who's ever heard that scripture before? Who's been in this church more than six weeks? Keep your hands up because you've heard that scripture several times. Yes, but you know what we don't read is the verse before it. The verse before it talks about a commitment that the body of Christ made to, that the Corinthians made. Listen to this, verse 5. Therefore, Paul says, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go 
to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not a grudging obligation they'd made a commitment they made a financial commitment. Paul says, I'm going to send some people over to you just to be sure that we get that all collected. And I want to send some people to you to encourage you. I don't want this to be grudging. I want you to be excited about it. Then, after he says that, he talks to them about their commitment. Then he says, but this I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So it let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Man, when we commit, we ought to smile. Let's see those big smiles. Come on. You know, we're gonna we're gonna commit in just a moment. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you that always having all sufficiency in all things you may have an abundance for every good work who knows that the grace the grace initiative is good work it's good work and the bible says that god's going to cause you to abound so that you can invest in every good work including that one god gets involved when we commit that's that's what this scripture says when we commit god gets involved for many of us giving is an event it's not a commitment it's event it's an event it's like and you know i talked about this last week it's like you know we've got a need and we uh rather than having a lifestyle of giving and having a a an atmosphere of generosity it's like you know i got two weeks i got this thing coming up i don't know how i'm going to take care of it so we better we better sow a seed this time so we we the offering bucket comes by and we put it in there and it goes down the row and we watch it and we go god i need a miracle god i hope something happens but the Bible talks about generosity and being generous and having a cheerful heart and a generous heart. And those are the hearts God blesses. Our commitments make declarations over our life. Our commitments make declarations over our life. What are, what are we committed to? <clears throat> Some of us belong to clubs. We're committed to them. We pay dues to belong to a club, to belong to, uh, uh, to the golf club or to, uh, to different organizations. We, and we're, we're committed to that. How many of you know your money commits you to that? You pay to belong to the country club, you're going to play golf. Hello, somebody. You're going to play. When you commit to something... And it costs us. We got our whole heart in it. And we're going to play. And so that's why God leads us to commit and invest in our church. Is because we're going we're to play when we do that. Our commitments declare our vision. When you commit to a retirement account, you're declaring that you can see a vision for your future. When you commit to a family, you're declaring that you can see the vision for your spouse and you can see the vision for your children. When you commit to your church, you're declaring that you can see the vision for your church come to pass. Acts 2, 41 through 47. Who knows that scripture? When you commit to a church, when you commit to this church, you're declaring that you can see this vision come to pass. All those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they committed 
to the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. Then a sense of awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily, being committed with one another in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And then God was committed to add to the church daily those who were being saved. When you, see, when you commit to the grace initiative, you're declaring that you can see the harvest as people are impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our church, in our children's ministry, in our services. By the way, how about the progress on the upgrade project? <coughs> you know, we poured, we poured some sidewalks yesterday, and they're going to pour, I think, all the rest of the sidewalks next week. We're supposed to have some really good weather. Uh, the hallway's painted. I mean, pretty soon we're going to have all this. This hallway's going to be gutted, and we're going to remodel it. Pretty much every Sunday that you come, you're going, now you're going to see something striking that's happened. Stone goes up on the front next week. You're going to see all kinds of things happen. This project was built by people who loved this church and committed over several years to build it. Committed over several years to build what you see. And it was all of us committed together. There wasn't a wealthy person that just drove by the church and said, Ah, oh, I like that church. I think I'll dump a hundred and uh, I think I'll dump a million and a half dollars on them. Just to bless them, let them build something. That didn't happen. It was all of us together who did our part. Some committed a lot. Some couldn't commit quite so much. But we all committed what we felt like we could do and what God spoke to us to do. And hence, you see the results of that. That's what commitment will do, what you see. You can't build something like this without commitment, without people who have a heart to commit. Say commitment. Commitment is not a bad word. Say commit. Our commitments declare our faith. What we believe will actually happen. And our commitments declare our faith and the seed that we believe that God will give us. Let me say something to you about commitments like this. Be sure that your commitment, it's a commitment of your faith and not just a commitment of your ability. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says God gives seed to the sower. So my question is what kind of seed does God want to give through you for the grace initiative use your faith for seed for your future let me ask you do you have the seed that you need for your future if you don't sow a seed for seed so you can sow a seed for seed come on somebody so you can sow a seed for seed so you can sow for your future is it making sense Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith perceives as real fact what God has not yet revealed to our senses. So faith perceives. What do you perceive that God wants to do through you? A commitment is a declaration of your future and sowing for what God has ahead. So this morning, we're going to commit. Let me try this side. This morning, we're going to commit. Let me give you an opportunity again. This morning, we're going to commit. We're going to commit. We're going to, we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and we're going to say, yes, we're committed. I want to ask everybody to stand with me, please. A commitment's a declaration of your future, and it's a declaration of the future of what you're committed to. 
Today I'm asking you to commit to the Grace Initiative, to do something that's bigger than any one of us, but together God will do something amazing. And I'm believing that together God's going to do something amazing today. I want to ask you to take your commitment cards. You, uh, if you already brought those, I want to ask you to take your commitment card. If you forgot your commitment card, then we put some extra ones in the seat. If you're going, oh man, I forgot my commitment card, then there's one in the seat there. I want you to take that commitment card and uh, I want you to just hold it in your hand. Some of you, many of you already have your commitment card filled out. Some of you don't have it filled out yet. We're going to pray over these. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to lay hands on these and we're going to pray over them. And then the worship team is going to continue to lead us in worship. They got some more songs that they're going to do. And I'm going to ask you to boldly make your commitment. We're going to bring them right up here and put them on the platform. And you can do that during this first song, during this first worship song. If you didn't fill yours out yet and you want to fill it out during, during worship, that's fine. But we're all going to bring ours and put them right up here on the platform. Right now, I want you to hold it in your hand. Once you put your hand on it. I want you to say after me, Father, thank you for a church that hears your voice, a church that's moving in your anointing, a church that's moving in our community, a church that you can use to bless others. Thank you for what you've resourced me with and what you will resource me with, that I can commit to the grace initiative thank you in Jesus name I thank you Holy Spirit that my commitment today is not a reflection of my ability it's a reflection of what I believe is your ability through me this is such a vital part of me being a part of your harvest in my life I commit myself in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.